This podcast episode has us introducing you to our BCEN and friend, Lauren Sanders. Michael Dexter and Mark Eggers talk with Lauren Sanders about her approaches to professional development and the value training brings. Lauren talks about her passion for empathy and the information she conveys will make you think. Listen and learn from events that greatly impacted Lauren in her life and helped shape Lauren into who she is today. This episode is called Empathy is My Jam. Hello, and welcome to BCN and Friends Podcast, where we hold interesting conversations about learning with a range of thought leaders, BCN certification holders, and industry professionals. But most importantly, create value and insight for you, our professional nurses across the emergency spectrum. We hope you find our discussions interesting, informative, sometimes funny, sometimes serious, but always valuable. I'm Mark Eggers, Education Technology Services Manager, and I'm joined today with my co-host, Michael Dexter, Director of Professional Development at BCN. Hi, Michael. Hi, Mark. It's great to be with you today. Thank you. In this episode of BCN and Friends, we have Lauren Sanders. Michael, could you please tell us about our BCN and friend, Lauren? Yeah, I'd be happy to. Lauren uh, Sanders is a synergist who focuses on building better teams and better outcomes. Her passion is focused on leveraging knowledge and performance and connecting people to create solutions. She's motivational, inspirational, and intuitive. Her approach consists of identifying goals and talents, isolating opportunities for growth, guiding people to realizations, and helping people create action plans for change. Lauren has a bachelor's degree in community health from University of Illinois and an MBA in organizational behavior from Lake Forest Graduate School of Management where she also teaches talent management and organizational communications. She's a regular speaker for the HR and training industries and has also spoken at the Illinois Government Finance Association Conferences and the Midwest Claim Conference. Her day-to-day job is the senior manager of the evolution and transformation team at CVS Health. She and her husband run a consulting business in their spare time that focuses on nonprofits and government agencies. Lauren, welcome to the BCN and Friends podcast. It's a pleasure to have you on today's episode. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, wonderful. We're glad you're here. And it's just a little bit of a getting started part. Could you tell us a little more about your background and what led you to your work at CVS Health? Well, my background is very varied across all of the different areas of HR and business, but what led me to the learning organization within CVS is the way that they think about learning. While most people think about a learning organization, they generally think about trainers and people who design training. The organization that I'm in is unique because we are a team that focuses our expertise in learning and development focused on the colleague and their performance in order to drive business results. What we're trying to do is fulfill our transformational business strategies and grow our competitive advantage with those people who work at the company. And one of the most interesting things about the way that we look at learning is that we don't see it as something that's a one and done process. We want the colleagues to never feel alone or lost in their learning journey. We want them to feel like they're a part of something so that they can grow to do their best work every day. My team called Evolution and Transformation focuses more on the operational side of learning, where we make sure that we incorporate the top of our trade approaches and standards while leveraging the performance and business data to set our learning 
and development folks up for success so that they can create great things with best practices and standards that make us the industry benchmark. And I have a team that focuses on digital learning innovations to bring up the most up-to-date and engaging learning experiences to our partners. I have a team that focuses on marketing and communication about what we do and how we do it to our internal partners and teams. And I have a team that focuses on standards that I was just talking about. And I have a team that focuses on the measurement of performance because people never think about a learning organization as a money generator. And my ultimate goal is to get us to a place where we can show with evidence that the programs that we provide really do drive business results. Yeah, that's really great. We have uh, a lot of similar things that we look at in healthcare on learning and education. And you mentioned one and done. And uh, there's been so many instances where you where you look at somebody in the healthcare field and think just because they graduated doesn't mean that they 10 years later should go off that same knowledge that they first learned. Um, and also to recognize that with that learning comes better patient outcomes, comes better results, better integ uh, integration with families. And, and there's so much. So that's really neat that you're pushing that forward uh, in your ways with, with these different companies you're working with. On uh, one of the topics that, uh, that you're really passionate about is the topic of empathy. And so could you talk to us about why empathy is so crucial in the workplace? Yes, I would say empathy is my jam. It's really a part of somebody's ability to be emotionally intelligent. It's about how they can understand and share somebody else's feelings. And from a learning perspective, a lot of times it's will versus skill. Many leaders have been taught that too much empathy inhibits their ability to make concrete decisions, and that's just simply not true. A good leader is going to make better decisions if they have empathy. They'll recognize their ability to get work done through other people, relies on those elements of curiosity and genuine interest and impacting a situation in a positive way for employees. It's, it's no longer acceptable for leaders to see empathy as a weakness. That's one of my biggest pet peeves. And this goes beyond leadership. It's really impactful to every person that we interact within every moment of every day. Yeah, wonderful. So uh, in order to get leaders to not think of empathy as a weakness or to encourage organizations to foster an empathetic workforce, what suggestions would you have? It's really simple. Be mindful and in the moment with people during every interaction. Even people who score low on empathy scales can get better at this because it, all it takes is practicing empathetic behavior. Make a real attempt to stop multitasking when you're talking to somebody. Um, give another person your full attention. Be open to learning new information, even when you want to die on the ledge thinking that you've got it right. Analyze conversations in your mind by paraphrasing what somebody said and reflecting on it to help you remember. Be aware of your own emotions. <laughs> Think about whether it's better to react first or to listen first. I mean, I'm sure you know the answer, but it's something that some people really have to think about and try removing negative intent from your thinking. If you're not in the mood for a conversation, you're having a terrible day, might it be better to reschedule that? It's really important to make sure that you can really be there for people when it matters. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And and nursing is often thought of as, you know, that that industry of of people that are there for people when it matters and are seen as an empathetic overall, uh, very empathetic group of people, a very well-respected and well-thought-of uh, group. But 
in spite of all of that, what do you find uh, nurses could do or what could healthcare workers in general do within their industry to be empathetic? And it goes back to being mindful and in the moment with people, but I really think lack of empathy is a problem in every single industry out there. The most important thing that we can do is to be self-aware because that's where change starts. In fact, there's some research done by a professor at Berkeley. Um, I think his name is Dr. Keltner. He studied this and found that leaders who were not self-aware exhibited behaviors that got increasingly worse the higher they climbed in organizations. But if you took those same leaders and got them to be more self-aware and focus on more empathetic behaviors, they became more successful. Um, I, he wrote an article called Don't Let Power Corrupt You. That might be helpful to some of the listeners if they're interested in that. But really, when leaders recognize and understand the power that they have in relationships with each other or people understand the power that they have, it's easier for them to take away the fact that they're responsible for care and development of other people and their other people's experiences. And that's transferable in business, in nursing, in healthcare, in every single industry. Yeah, that's, that's a really great, that's a really great statement. Thank you for sharing that. And, and I'll, I'll definitely look up that article. Mark, did you have anything? I do. Thank you, Michael. As far as, uh, Lauren, as far as, uh, lifelong learning, and I know lifelong learning is important to you. Why should it be important to our audience? It comes down to this for me. The minute that you think you know everything, or the minute that you think you have all the answers, you're really in trouble. Uh, there's a direct connection between being empathetic and people's ability to learn. Even if you look at the educational research, people who receive empathy from other people at an early age develop a higher capacity to learn. So you become a lifelong learner simply by having empathy. And empathy helps learning and brain development simultaneously combat stress. And we know that stress is a deterrent to learning for people. Uh, in every industry, it's important to understand that a measure of empathy allows people to bring their best selves forward every day. And when we look at the nature of the social climate right now and what is espoused in terms of people bringing their best selves to work every day, lifelong learning and focusing on empathy as you do it, for, both for yourself and for other people will help you get more work done through other people because they'll feel seen and heard and cared for. Good, thank you. Now, we understand your husband works in law enforcement. His work recently took him to Humboldt, Iowa. Can you tell us a bit about his work and what you learned from your move to Iowa? Um, what have I learned in his work? His work is pretty similar. Um, he took a role as the chief of police here in Humboldt, Iowa. So it's always interesting for me to talk about his work, especially in the social climate where there is definitely an instant reaction to law enforcement. In fact, one of the things that I really like doing is saying that my husband is in law enforcement and then waiting for people to react to that statement. 
And after I get their reaction, I usually go on to tell them that he spent his entire career focusing on mental health and police connection, that he's trained officers throughout the state of Illinois and now throughout the state of Iowa on de-escalation techniques and tactics and how to recognize the signs that indicate somebody's in a mental health crisis. And he does that specifically so that we don't end up with the situations like we see on the news. He's fought his entire career to bridge the gap between mental health crisis, homelessness, and the connection to services so that we can keep people out of jail and get them the much needed help that they deserve. If you can't tell, I'm a little bit proud of his work. In terms of what I've learned, I've learned that it's a really interesting transition from a state that was not not very pro-police to a state that is more pro-police. It's just a little bit different uh, in reaction when you tell someone what your husband does. Interesting. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that with us. So we always ask this one to people. And I always love hearing the answer to this, and, and they're always great answers. I know yours will be too. So is there a moment in your career or an event in your life that greatly impacted you? If you could tell us about that. There's two, and I know we were focused on empathy. So I really, as I'm thinking about this, I want to share things that helped me get there. So the first one is a story of the most impactful leader that I ever had coming up in my career. And that leader made me do some really hard things. I was not always the most empathetic person, believe it or not. And I was in my mid twenties when this happened and I had risen up the career ladder quickly was leading a team of people that were my parents' age. And those people were pretty high producers. And then someone on my team left. I went to clean out her desk and I found tons of work that had never been touched and was hidden away. And I went to my leader with my tail between my legs and he made me sit down with my team and ask them honestly why they thought that this had happened. And I had to listen to some really hard facts. Here's what they told me. I was too driven. I cared about goals and not people. I never asked them about their life or their kids or their families. And I truly thought I didn't care. We were here to do a job. I made it hard for people to ask for help because they were afraid to tell me they didn't know how to do something. And after I cried for probably three days straight, that same leader helped me pick myself up, helped me get more self-aware and helped me work toward change. Um, I really credit with him for a lot of the journey that I went on after that. I never want to be that person again. And a lot of the times now people tell me, why am I too nice? You know, it, you can't be a good leader if you don't have some teeth. And what I tell those folks is I do have teeth, but I've learned to pick my battles intentionally and well. So that's the first one. The other story is something that has impacted me in my work and my life, and I take it with me everywhere. And really, I was just an observer for this, but the impact it had on me is just ongoing. I teach in the MBA program, as you know, and this happened in one of my classes when my students were working on a group project. There was a gentleman from India, and English was not his first language. He was a pretty good communicator, but there was a woman in the group who was clearly frustrated and she was eye rolling and breathing out loudly. And we all know this behavior, right? We've seen people do this. And I walked over to intervene and was stopped dead in my tracks by how he handled it. He said, hey, lady, I might speak with an accent, but I don't think with one. And that real that moment was defining for me. It changed my approach to communication right then and there. I thought, gosh, if I am not communicating well with somebody, 
I'm the one who needs to move. I'm the one who needs to change. I'm the one who needs to listen because it's likely not their thinking. And those are probably the two biggest moments for me that are very defining. They were great. Very powerful. Very powerful. Thank you for yeah, sharing Thank that. you for sharing this. Yes. Now we're going to turn the direction a little bit. We're going to do what's called rapid fire questions. So okay. what would you be doing if you weren't doing your current role? What would you be doing? I think about this a lot and it's probably one of two things. Um, I'm very focused on wanting to help other people be better leaders. So I'd probably get my executive coaching certification and focus on helping leaders build their ability to communicate better. Or I'm also very focused on how to turn negative peer situations into positive ones. And I always think about if I had all the money in the world, I would start a foundation that helped negative teen peer leaders grow into positive ones and kind of make those changes early on and, and help people develop in that way. Development's really my jam. Good. Excellent. Very good. Now, a few asking of favorite things. What is your favorite book? I have two. One is a fiction and one is a nonfiction. So my favorite nonfiction book, and it just kind of goes with the theme of all of this, it's called Leadership and Self-Deception by the Arbinger Institute. Um, it's one of the tools that I used to help make changes in myself as I took a deeper look at, at really what I needed to change. And then fiction is Jude the Obscure by Thomas Hardy. How about a favorite movie? Uh, my favorite movie of all time, and this will really drive people crazy probably, is um, I love the movie Avalon. I don't know if anybody's ever seen it. It's kind of an obscure movie, but it's a story of a family, and it could be any family in any ethnicity where togetherness is really important, but there's a big family fight over somebody didn't wait to cut the turkey at the holiday but i just i can just connect with that movie in a way i can't even explain that's good great excellent it is a good movie i've seen it yeah it's very good and how about your favorite song my favorite song is um and people probably have never heard of this but it's called must have done something right and it's by a band called reliant k and when my husband and I describe our relationship. It is very much this song. It starts out, we should get jerseys because we make a great team, but yours would be better than mine because you're out of my league. And, and we just, it's something that we just are funny about and sometimes sing to each other. Good. I love it. I love it. That is super excellent. So Lauren, if our audience would like to follow you online, social media, I understand you're on LinkedIn. I am on LinkedIn. Okay. Any place else I can look for you or just LinkedIn? Um, I typically try to keep business relationships um, on LinkedIn. Okay. Michael, anything else from you before we conclude today's podcast? No, I don't think so. It's been really nice to meet you, Lauren, and, and to talk about empathy and, and uh, professional growth and development and leadership with you. So thank you so much for being here. Nice to meet you as well. Thank you. I want to take this time then. Laura, as uh, Michael said, to thank you for joining us for this episode of BCN and Friends and for sharing your time and your stories. Great stories. Thank you so much. Thank you. And to all our listeners, we hope you'll stay tuned as we continue on with BCN and Friends and bring you new and meaningful content and perspectives. If you have a suggestion for an episode, please email us at bcen at bcen.org. 
I'm Mark Eggers here with Michael Dexter. And on behalf of our entire BCN team, we thank and celebrate you for all that you are doing as professional nurses across the emergency spectrum. Until next time, 